Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are live on another episode of For the Rebels podcast. I got my good buddy who we go way back, Xavier, don't we? Yeah, we do. We go way back. I mean, you're uh, talking a lot of history here. A couple, two weeks. Something Xavier like that. Shea is on the podcast. And um, hello. Today we're going to be talking about missions and we're going to be talking about the whole idea of evangelism and just testimonies of how God's been working in people's lives. And uh, so we have Xavier Shea on the podcast from the Circuit Riders. Dude, this is exciting. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm happy good, to have good, you on. Good man. to be here, man. This yeah. is my. My first rodeo uh, with a podcast, so ever. Yeah. So um, yeah. this is honestly just the beginning of my, I guess, my talk show career. Talk show that career. I've been wanting to start for a long time. So. Well, you'd be good at it. You should start your own talk show. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but anyway. No, it's it is actually. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, sweet. And so we're just gonna talk today about. Uh, mainly, we're gonna get into the topic of why we do evangelism, why we share the gospel with people. And then we're going to talk like how we've actually seen God work in the lives of specifically young adults, young men, maybe old people. I don't know. Who knows where it'll go? Totally. And by the way, we don't go way back. I met this guy like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I but mean, it's Lancaster. We honestly, our connections go way back. We've got a mutual oh, yeah. a mutual cousin, really good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it's his birthday today. Is it actually? Yeah, because we're going to celebrate. It's Clark's birthday? We're celebrating it tonight. They- no, tonight? Yeah. Maybe I should shoot him a text. I didn't even know that. We're going to go mini golfing after this. I thought his birthday was in July. It's August. Oh, well, crap. Well, happy birthday, buddy, if you're listening. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. Mutual friends for a long time or mutual connection. But, uh, Any, yeah. you know, this is the first real, this is the first time we really get to hash it out. I know. Well, let's hash it out, bud. Let's do it. So, while you're talking, I'll text my cousin and tell him happy birthday. Okay. But, First question, Xavier, talk to us about evangelism, why we share the gospel, uh, the reason behind it, why you're passionate about it. Because obviously you're passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you've been on the road with circuit riders now for a while doing it. So Right. Yeah. Let's just go through why we kind of do that. 100%. So, yeah, before I, I talk at all about circuit riders um, or even just like specifically what we're doing, um, I guess for me, it went back about three years ago. Um you know, classic Lancaster story, uh, grew up in church, the whole deal, um, heard about missions, supported missionaries my whole life, um, or at least my family did. We had, you know, the missions conference every year at our church. We'd fly in all these missionaries and they'd come uh, talk, the whole deal. Um, so very familiar with that. Um, and then also just, I think for me, I had that um, kind of tug on my heart that I think a lot of people honestly every single christian has which is i don't really want to live an ordinary life like i don't i don't want to live a life that's just completely me centered career all that so about 3 years ago is when i started really following jesus went through some things um that that really put me in a place of actually having to trust god and from that place felt like that's when i really gave my life to jesus and very quickly um after that i started um honestly experiencing a lot of the life change that that comes with um, giving your life to Jesus comes with Crazy, living with God and with the Holy Spirit. And then in that, it was almost like this natural overflow. Exactly. So I didn't yep. have the theology of like why I'm doing this yep. so much because I really wasn't reading the Bible much at that point. <laughs> didn't have to that. didn't have the experience or the whole framework. All I knew was like, man, I have something. Um, I'm going to my senior year of high school at this mm-hmm. point. I have something and I need other people to know about it. And so um, my senior year of high school, I really it was really, really important to me to kind of represent Jesus well 
and in that is when I first started studying scriptures. It's the first time that I ever really um, took missions seriously from the perspective of like, no, this isn't just going to be like casual. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Um, so yeah, that's yeah. a little bit of my story, how I got yeah. into it. And then that's um, awesome, dude. about a year after that is when I joined a ministry full-time uh, yeah. ministry called Circuit Riders. So. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome to hear. And I like, I'll tell you for me when it clicked, like what clicked for me was like the idea that like, this is God has saved me by his sheer grace and love towards me. And like when that clicked and I actually understood what grace is, that's when I was like, wow, blown away. And that's when I started to, I'm not saying I'm on the street corners (laughs) preaching, but at least talking to people about it. Right. Start representing Jesus well, because then you have those same opportunities in life where you have to show grace, you have to show forgiveness. Yeah. Um, We've been forgiven so stinking much. <laughs> totally. How can we not <laughs> totally. show it? Totally. Yeah, and that was me. I mean, 17 yeah. years old. I went through a lot of crap that year that yeah. uh, I needed <laughs> forgiveness for, and yeah. that was kind of the beginning of it. Yeah. But, That's yeah. sweet. So I guess we kind of want to transition and talk about, so that's, our, like, that's like personal. Like, so we kind of want to hit on uh, – we want to hit on like the reason God's heart for missions, God's yeah. heart for the world, I guess. Totally. kind of like where the next step in this would be. Yeah. And yeah, uh, let's go there. Yeah. Let's well, do it. Let's, let's just let's go there. Let's attack it. Let's hack it out. So, so something you have to know about me is I am a Bible nerd. Okay. Oh, okay. and if I'm going to like make a statement about something, I kind of have to like go through why. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, no, and, and let's see, take that's this to be respected for sure, man, because no, a lot 100%. of people just make statements and unless your statement's grounded in God's revelation to us, it honestly doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Yeah. And, in, you know, honestly, in my experience, I had the heart for missions and that's great. Like I'd much rather have the hunger for God and the heart for missions to do that than just have all the doctrine and all the theology, but not like the strong heart for people. And I loved people. Um, but I don't think that's sustainable if you don't really understand why you're doing what you're doing or if you don't understand like throughout history, what's the purpose that brought me to this point, which is why I'm going to these people. I'm putting myself in pretty ridiculous situations to be telling people about Jesus. You're like, why am I really doing this? Um, You know, I think missions really starts on the first page of the Bible when God creates the world. I think that's really where it all begins. Um, You know, he creates the garden he creates all of creation and then all animals birds and then he obviously creates adam and eve he creates humans and genesis 126 image of god gives them a purpose there's like the divine commission from god to go fill the earth to subdue it to be his images to represent him so basically god takes a representative of himself and human puts them in this garden right the whole world is not the garden of eden you know very it's just this pocket Um, places them there and then says go fill the earth have children subdue the earth and in the process you're going to be doing it by my wisdom representing me basically the idea idea being fill fill the world with my image rule the world with me on my behalf fill it with my image that the world is my glory and you know there's not one bible verse that tells you that but if you play out the story from there even to revelation you know revelation 20 the end of the the world is the exact same thing yeah. It's the image of God, the humans with Jesus in a new heavens and a new earth rolling and reigning yeah. the world together. So that's the idea from the very beginning is that it starts with the, you know, with these few and they go out into the world. They're going to fill God, fill God's world, image him, um, represent yeah. him to the world. And, yeah. you know, that's God's heart is to have one family of people all unified, all fearing him and that love him that he's one with. Um, and they're 
you know, rolling the world together. It's really beautiful. Obviously, that doesn't last very long. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, two pages later, uh, that that gets messed up pretty bad. And honestly, that moment, you know, Genesis 3, sin entering the world, the brokenness of humanity that gets played out throughout, you know, the entire Bible and even into our human experience, that is... um, the story of the Bible is how is God going to deal with this brokenness? How is he going to deal with the fact that his world no longer is imaging him the way that how he designed it How is God redeeming and how is God saving Yeah, him? how is he going to bring yeah. everyone back to that Garden of Eden reality where they're imaging him and representing him to the world in wholeness, where they're made whole and they're doing things the way that God designed them to. Um, and so obviously, you know, in my experience, sin and the effects of sin really have on a personal level and on a social level or on a you know cultural level they're nasty like it it ruins things and so um obviously you know jesus comes to deal with sin he comes to deal with um not just personal sin but he comes to deal with you know the source of sin satan himself with the powers as paul says the powers the darkness the authority takes it all into himself and then you know, he rises from the grave, defeats death, and yet you still look at the world today and it's like, okay, he defeated death, but there's still sin, there's still evil. It still looks like it's honestly worse than it has ever been, know. you know? <laughs> and that's, it's so, God could have just, you know, snapped his finger and it was all gone when Jesus rose from the dead, but it's the same thing right after that is that God is so generous. He gives to humans. He wants humans to be his means of restoration. Yeah. And so rather than it just being over with Jesus uh, rising from the grave, he gives a commission and he says that God's manifold wisdom, Ephesians says this, that the, the manifold wisdom of God is the church yeah. and the church is actually going to be his means of reconciling the world. Yeah. So, so instead of it being God, it's just like it was from the very beginning. He still wants to do it through his people, through and his how, family. How cool is that, that we get to be partakers 100%. in that. Like that God would choose to use us as the means of his salvation as the people yeah. who spread his gospel absolutely um he's n- i mean if you study god in the scriptures he's never a god that just wants to oh, i mean very rarely does that god accomplish anything without a human agent or without doing it through a human so same thing with de- defeating sin like he he gives us the holy spirit he says i'll be with you to the end of the age and then he gives us the great commission which is go out into the world and in the same way that I've conquered death, now you guys are going to be the example of what it looks like, the church, right? As, as individuals, but also as a church, as one family, you guys are going to be examples of what it looks like to live under my kingdom, what it, like, what it looks like to be freed from the powers of sin, the powers of death, what Paul calls the powers, right, that rule this world. He says, you've been freed from it, and now you live in a new family, a new way of life. You're going to be the representation. You're going to show what it looks like to live and that's a future, you know, that's not just a future reality. Yeah, that's that the, is na- right that's here, the right now, now, right here, right now, family of yeah. God. And well, just to go along with you said, so I had, okay, so Josh Hoover, Josh Hoover's a buddy of ours. Uh, so the one time he was talking and he said something and it stuck with me. And this might be a quote from N.T. Wright's book. I'm, or you know what? It might be probably, it's either N.T. Wright or Tim Mackey with Josh. That's a good guess. <laughs> but probably Josh is probably 50% <laughs> right on that. You know that. Uh, he said, when the Holy Spirit is working, people are working. Yes. Right. So like that's, I I just simplifies it. And I love that. Like when the Holy Spirit is working, God's people are working. Absolutely. And it's just so stinking true. Right. And that's just God's character right there. That's his love for, for humans wanting to do things with God is glorified when his people, like when us as a church are working for his glory, like, isn't that amazing to see people 
offering themselves as a living sacrifice for the purpose of glorifying God ultimately. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so funny when you like pray things and you just want God to just show up like, you know, miraculously like God just let this just snap and it's going to happen. It's I like know. I mean God does do that, but he does. more often than not like 99% of the time it's going to be carried out through a human. Yeah. Your answer to prayer or whatever is going to come through, through another, another human agent. Or, yeah. yeah. So um, basically works. like the whole world for all of history, every single one of us is born into uh, under subjugation of the powers of the powers of sin, death and evil. And what God does through Jesus is he, he breaks that by faith in Jesus. We're unified to Jesus. Uh, as it says in Ephesians, we're seated above the powers, rules, principalities, and now we get to partner with God in bringing new creation to the world. And so just as in the, in the garden where he wanted to spread a, a humanity that's representing him, now we're doing the exact same thing. It started with you know the apostles in the upper room, and it's just I'm carrying out the exact same mission of that, which is to bring new creation to the world. So it's not missions for the sake of missions. I think for a while I was like, I'm just going to tell people about Jesus so that they know Jesus so that they can tell people about Jesus. But really what it is, is it's I'm bringing the message of hope, of restoration, of wholeness, of the kingdom of God. That is a present reality that can totally change people's lives, can totally change people's communities, that can bring healing, that can bring wholeness, that can bring new life. Um, and And that message is honestly... <laughs> a lot more attractive than believe in Jesus and you'll go to heaven someday. Yeah. Well, and it's cool because a lot of times like that we forget, like God saved us from hell when Jesus died on the cross. He is saving us from the result of our sin here, like which is eternal separation from God. It's punishment. It's been cast into hell. But on top of that, we're also raised to a newness of life here on earth. And now we get to see the fruit of what a newness of life is because of what Christ has done. And now we're empowered through the Holy Spirit. And the point of missions, as you're saying, is not just to get people out of hell, but it's to raise them to a new life here on earth and spread God's glory across the whole globe. Right. Yeah. Heaven and hell are very present realities. 100%. You're either living, you know, as John says, you're either living in the dark or you're living in the light. Yep. Um, and when Jesus comes and he's preaching his first messages, he's not saying, come follow me and you'll go to heaven someday. He says, yeah. follow me. The kingdom of God is here. My rule, my reign is here. And I know I sound like, you know, I'm a product of the same, you know, the Bible project, yeah. right? But, but it's the Bible. It's, it's all Jesus talks yeah. about. And then so like my, this is my biggest pet peeve, right? This is my people. And I used to be this guy. We don't like churchy words, right? But these words that are churchy and are cliche and like you're like oh that's just a cliche churchy term it's a churchy term because it's from the bible and god has spoken these words so that we might understand them better so yes it's a cliche term to say the kingdom of heaven's at hand but it's truth and that's yeah. why it's become cliches because it is literal truth right and and yeah. if you really honestly just go back old testament to new testament it's all jesus really talks about it's like the number one things he talks about is is that he's bringing the kingdom of God and what life in the kingdom of God looks like. And so I think for me, when it comes to missions, all of that is to say that there's a little bit of a perspective shift that had to happen for me to understand the purpose and what I'm doing. Because if you don't understand the purpose and what you're doing, you will burn out. And you see a lot of missionaries, a lot of people in ministry burning out. And I think part of that is, is pressure because they don't fully understand why they're doing what they're doing. And then if you don't see the results or whatever, you know, disappointment, failure. But in that, missions is not just to create more, it's not just to get more people to heaven. It's 
part of it and yeah, eternal big, salvation big is a massive massive part of it but if you don't understand the kingdom of god if you don't understand the present reality of what god's doing that he's actually yeah. bringing disciples and, and creating communities that are experiencing present healing present wholeness, present way of changing their life then if you're constantly doing missions but you and you're saying souls are saved but you're not seeing like actual f- like the king, the of kingdom the of god actually really taking over in in, in people's hearts yeah. and in communities you you start getting left with a really jaded thing of like yeah all these people are giving their life to jesus but the the world the community they don't look any more christian there's still the same sin you know and so for me i realized probably about a year ago um from a theological perspective that really has carried into my life that I'm carrying on the same thing that started right in Matthew 28 when he sends out the disciples. I'm carrying on the very same thing, which is to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that means transform communities. That means people that love each other in a unified way to the point where Paul will literally say in, in Philippians, he says, your love for each other, that is what's going to show the powers that they've been defeated, and that's going to, that's what's going to convince the world of its destruction, is a unified church. And so the goal really is to build Jesus' church, and, and that's to bring people into the family of God to experience life with God. Um, and so for me, that's, that's really what's now is what's driving me, is um, how do I... You know, I've experienced a ton of healing in my life. I've experienced the power of God in my life to to knock out sin and to bring me into freedom. Not perfectly, obviously. Obviously, yeah. And that's part of it. Like, we can't get so wrapped up in the fact. Like, it's important. Like, yes, we need to live pious lives and we need to live lives that honor God. But just because we sin does not mean that we're no longer children of God. And we can't lose our salvation because of our sin. Right, and, and that's the beauty and of the cross. it's tough. That's the beauty of the cross because we see both sides. Like, I look and I see my sinful nature coming out a lot, a lot, a lot totally. more than it should. Right. And it comes out in small little ways that aren't super obvious at times. And other times it comes out in really obvious ways. But at the end of the day, Christ's love is more than, his mercy is more. Yeah. And I guess before I get into, before we get into the practicals of like what I'm doing in circuit riders, I'll tell a few stories. I think the last thing to just kind of establish as a foundation for it is to understand the battle that's at place um, and and the fight that missions really is, which is that you're either under the rulership of evil powers and there's, you know, there's a million different views on what that is, but darkness and yeah, like Satan's real. Demons are real. Like there's things like that stuff's real. Dude. And um, you go to other countries like India and stuff and the stuff those people see in Native Americans. Anyway, I have oh, a hundred percent. It's all part of their part of their that. culture. It's it's here in America too, man. I've seen uh, a lot of the, the crazy man stuff, manifestations of stuff I didn't, never thought was real. But you have no other explanation except to say that this is subject to some power of darkness, right? And so there's actual fight. And, and now like, on the more charismatic Pentecostal side, you have the whole spiritual warfare thing where you're literally like actively fighting like the demons or whatever. And then, you know, you have what I grew up in the more conservative side, which is like, we acknowledge that from a doctrinal perspective, but we don't actually functionally like live that out in any way. Really what it is, is, is like I said before, God's means of dealing with the powers of evil is the church. And it's a very, very simple, it's actually a very practical thing. Spiritual warfare is a very practical thing. It's not some like crazy prayers or crazy like attacking, you know, it's a very simple thing, which is living like new creation. Yeah. Living like 
Jesus actually has created a new heart. And really it's just living like the church. Yeah. So radical generosity as a church, yeah. radical love for each other, radical union as a community, um, radical service. That is the way to defeat the powers of evil yeah. is bringing people into that family. Huh. And so that's my goal when I'm going out is okay. There's actually people that are experiencing spiritual oppression. Like they are dead. Yeah. Like a lot of people on college campuses where they're literally like the walking dead. They're not alive. They, they are so subject to the powers of sin yeah. and death. My, my, the thing that I've been commissioned to do is to bring them into the family of God, which is really just a whole new way of life, and to show them how, how Jesus brings healing to that, how he brings wholeness, how he brings salvation, how he's worthy. So that's really what it is. Come it's on, actually very, on, very, very practical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. And a lot of times we view it as, and like this isn't wrong, but you're not just checking off a confession or a theological statement. That's not what salvation looks like. That's a part of becoming and growing in our sanctification. But salvation doesn't look like checking off every doctrinal statement that you agree Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And right. There's right. a balance with Cause, that. Yeah, there, there is. is a balance and faith that. comes by hearing and believing, yeah. but you know, genuine faith. And we faith need has a zeal that's according to knowledge, not a zeal that is according to nothing. Or, totally. or zeal needs to be according to the knowledge of God. Yeah. So to quote Romans there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the, the two foundational pieces that are driving me is one, understanding what God's purpose is in the world, which is to, to build his family, which is his glory. And then two, to understand the battle that I'm facing, which is I, I am now under the reign of light and I have authority over power of death powers of death but that's really the fight and when you see it that way it makes you rely a lot more on the power of god <laughs> realizing man this in this uh, fight like i can't change people's hearts no. i really can't plausible arguments my wisdom whatever it can't change people's hearts um really really have to rely on god to and his power to uh, bring people into the light so yep. yeah that's kind of the foundation and i think for me once i flesh that out I continue to flesh that out. It gives a lot deeper purpose to why I do a lot more meaning and significance for why I'm in ministry. So come on, baby. Come on. There we I go. Love I love it. Yeah. And it's cool. This is part of the, this is the whole idea for the rebels. We're bringing on a bunch of different guys and we're seeing how God works through the lives of young men like us. And we're trying to understand, you know, that's like, that's the whole point. And that's why I'm happy to have you on because I'm fired up now talking. To you. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. It's the word of God and the spirit of God. Sweet. So, now Xavier, the man, myth, the legend, oh, is no. going to be talking about circuit riders and that whole ministry and yeah. what exactly that looks like. Kind of more practical side here, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Just tell me about it. Tell me Definitely. about it. Definitely. So, circuit riders started... We're, we're The engine of circuit riders is a college ministry. That's what it started as. So, a few crazy... Well... You know, crazy for the Lord. Guys, about 10 years ago. Biblical? Uh, <laughs> biblical craziness. Um, they they lived in Southern California. Uh, this is about 10 years ago. And God just really put on them a burden for the college campuses around them. So they're visiting like USC and UCLA every day, just walking around fasting and praying over these colleges. Just, just going up to random people and literally saying like, Hey, is there any ministries we can work with? Like just trying to get connections anywhere and ended up making some, some wild connections on UCLA with some of the football players and getting a lot of movement there. Same thing on USC. A lot of, I mean, when you hear the full story, uh, it's just like God's provision on display over and over and over. Um, and, you know, every aspect of ministry, every part of the body of Christ has a different purpose. Um, and so circuit riders, it's going to look a little bit different than some other college ministries like Campus Crusade, 
InterVarsity, which are ministries we work with, because we don't have a full-time um, partnership or a full, I'm sorry, a full-time presence okay. on, on these campuses. Yeah. Um, but basically it just started out with these guys that like people need to hear the gospel and they need to hear the gospel gospel, not just the American watered down version of the gospel. Yeah. And in that, um, trying to bring them into discipleship and whatever, um, came with that started becoming way too big of a project for this, these two guys. So <laughs> they start, you know, they start bringing a team around them and then it started growing and it started growing and it started growing. And now it went from, okay, we're going to two colleges, you know, every week to now we're going to 10 colleges every month to like, Oh my goodness, like all of California. And now five years later, we're literally going to over a hundred campuses every year, um, multiple times a year for a week or so at a time, sharing the gospel, working with on-campus ministries. Um, is this right Is this right now? You're going this was, there. so it's been, Sergey Riders has been around for almost 10 years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so about four years ago is when they hit the 200-ish mark on campuses. Man. And now, you know, pre-COVID, we had uh, a presence or a partnership with a ministry on campus on over 300 campuses in America. Um, and so just a little backstory on the name circuit riders, um, circuit yeah, so riders, Methodist John Wesley, is that what, I right. It's actually really, okay. a really cool story that not, I mean, everyone, when you, you hear the term first grade awakening, everyone knows what the first grade awakening is. When you hear the term circuit riders, most people are like, who are you? Are you a biker gang? Are you electricians? <laughs> They're like, it just confuses. Circuit. Yeah. It just confuses people. People don't realize that the original circuit riders in the 18th century were one of the primary means that God used to bring about the first great awakening. So Methodist movement, John Wesley, Francis Asbury, they would they had a bunch of people, like 100 or so people called the circuit riders. Yeah. They would ride around on horseback. Literally, they dedicated their lives to riding around on horseback, going village to village. They had these circuits. Each person had a circuit they would do four times a year. And that's all they did. They'd go to the village, preach the gospel, disciple people for a week or so, move on to the next village. And once they finished their circuit, they'd run it back and do the same thing. And they were doing this for years and years. They say Francis Asbury rode around the world like 25 times when it was all oh, said man. and done. Maybe it was even more than that. So That's insane. And then through that, that was what brought the revival of the first great awakening. So take that forward, you know, 300 years now. Because um, yeah, you're talking, this is pre-revolution. Totally. Yeah. Um, Anyway, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're recognizing this you know the problems in our culture are, are really it's, i mean it's all over the place this sin's manifesting itself but yeah. college campuses right you have these cultures of just students that are coming in so broken so confused and so much of their formational years are in college where they're learning identity they're learning who they are and then they're You're going, at a pivotal point on college yeah campuses. super pivotal point you're yeah. coming in with all these pressures um, and then you're going out from that place and those are the people that are changing the world, whether it's in sciences or in the arts Business. or whatever. And so yeah. whatever you come out of college with, like it's, it's significantly less opportunity for you to hear the gospel or to be in community after that, un unless you're in like a Bible believing church, yeah. then, you know, getting people on college campuses. And so that's kind of the idea is, is early on they started hitting these campuses for like a week or so at the time just sharing the gospel, discipling people, teaching people how to um, share the gospel because that's a really missing part on a lot of a lot of college campuses or it's these ministries. How to share. How to share the gospel. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, huh. a lot of these campuses have ministries, University of Campus Crusade. They're incredible. We work with them. They do a really good job, job of fellowship, of discipleship, but not a lot of ministries are actively going out and sharing the gospel on their college campuses day in and day out. And so what Circuit Riders brings, they're, they're kind of 
w- one of the parts of the DNA of the circuit routers and what we offer as the body is we offer um, just what it looks like to just be really raw and just sharing the gospel. A lot of that's just street evangelism, going up to people, hearing their stories, sitting down with them at lunch, hearing you know the brokenness and the pain, and then inviting Jesus into that situation. And you you'd be surprised, man. Like people, like Jesus is really attractive to college students when he's I represented correctly. Yeah, as it is, not watered as it down. Is. As it yeah, is not biblical. church, not the religion thing, but simply Jesus. And if you start telling Jesus's heart for sinners and for suffering, you start talking about how he would actually go to the hardest and the darkest places. Like those are the kinds of people that need a savior and that know they need a savior. Um, And it's incredibly attractive on college campuses. Um, And so really the goal is to bring those in, to bring them into a family. And then because we've built such an awesome established partnership with Campus Crusade and with InterVarsity, um, they kind of have more of the job in the body of Christ of doing the discipling and of bringing those students into just, you know, consistently into the word of God and into the family of God, what that looks wow. like. And so we'll make these circuits multiple times a year spending, you know, whatever. So how many campuses are you going to now? Like if you know the number, like how much, how many campuses are involved? We were, we were over 300 it's before over COVID yeah, broke yeah, up. Yeah, you said that, yeah. Um, and so this next year will be the first time we go on a tour in about two years. And so I'm not sure what the exact number is, um, but I think it's it's probably somewhere in that so, 300 range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So question. So like, I'm not sure. I know this is a big problem on college campuses and just in our generation, like the whole idea of like postmodernism and believing that there's no such thing as truth. Is that something that you've like encountered with or is that something that like I, from what I understand, I've never been college ministry. I hear that's like a big problem, like a big block in sharing the gospel. And it can also be, from what I've heard, it can also be a, uh, not just a block from sharing the gospel, but it can be what attracts people to Christ and really, and Christianity is the fact that there is a basis of truth. Yeah. All right. I'm going to so, get a little bit controversial with this. Okay. Get controversial. Not super that's controversial. That's what we're here for. Just slightly controversial. Get controversial. Here's the thing with American Christianity is that for so long, we've been trying to convince people of the gospel. We try to literally convince them. And we try to convince them with plausible argument and with apologetics and all of that. Okay, I love apologetics. I literally just talked about the Bible for half an hour. Like, (laughs) I love the Bible. I love theology. But what we've pretty much denied as a culture is the power of God. Is the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. We talk about it, but on a a functional, practical level, you cannot win someone's heart over with apologetics and with just present. Now, okay. Yeah, that's that take right there. You know, you can debate that, but you have to have the truth laid out. You can't debate with that. I would say you can't debate with that. To say that, to say that salvation is a work of the Holy spirit. No, you can't hundred percent true. And people acknowledge that, but we don't rely on that. Right. And what you have to understand, I don't think, I don't think what you said is controversial at all, but what's controversial would be like saying that the Holy spirit wouldn't work itself, work itself through just a plausible argument of the gospel. You do have to preach the gospel truthfully and you have to know what the gospel is but it's not going to be through the wisdom of the world or no. through trying to convince someone if the Holy Spirit's not at work so in their heart. My favorite Bob, one of my favorite Bible verses for Jews demand signs and Greeks search for wisdom. Right. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and follow to the Gentiles. Exactly. Like that. And when yeah. you just preach Jesus, death and resurrection, that is where the Holy Spirit works and that's where the power is. But 
at the end of the day, if I'm being honest, I've never seen a salvation in my life where it was because of me having to explain in a super ap- academic way yeah. the five steps of the gospel or like God's existence and why the Bible is real and stuff. S- all I've simply had to do is say, look, you are in sin. You're broken. Jesus came to save your life and he rose from the dead for you to have new life. Yep. And then the Holy Spirit does the rest. That's and in those places, I've seen a lot of salvation through through our, our ministry. It's, yeah. I've, I mean, I, dude, I spent two weeks at Harvard. <laughs> You're talking two like, weeks. yeah, I spent two full weeks so at these Harvard. These guys are a lot smarter. Yeah, they're a thought. lot smarter than me. Like, I'm like, I really hope we don't get into a conversation about apologetics because you're not a Christian and you know 10 times yeah. more than I do. But we're still seeing salvation and we're still seeing people that are literally like, you know, desperate for meaning in their life and desperate for hope. And what's bringing that is the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Huh. And then from there comes the growing into the knowledge, into the yeah. truth. But I've never had to lay that out for them. It's always it's, just been wow. preaching Christ and Christ crucified. And that's all we preach. That's sweet. Um, and yes, we are a more, you know, charismatic ministry. Well, and so no, and, and I, I'm not saying, I, I think that's super important to get on that because what we see is like two sides of like the spectrum. Like in my view, like it's almost like a pendulum. Like you see these sides, the one side and they're like, everything logically must line up perfectly and you must perfectly articulate every single aspect of the gospel in order for a salvation to be possible. And then the other side is like, is a miss just like, just tell them they're fine and whatever. And like, they don't need, they don't have sin in their lives and just tell them happy Jesus. But like you guys are just sharing Christ and Christ crucified and people are being saved because of the gospel yeah, in its simplicity. Because the gospel, at the end of the day, the simple gospel is what we're all about. Yeah, that's that's yeah. literally it. And whenever that's you preach the simple gospel and people respond to that because the power of God's working in their heart and convicting or bringing them to a place of repentance or humility, you walk away from that and you can't take any glory because it wasn't in your plausible words. It wasn't in your yeah. wisdom of the world of like, I mean, honestly... The gospel doesn't make sense from the wisdom of the world. It does. Someone dying sacrificially, voluntarily to save you from sin. No, it, it literally, like, if you actually try to explain it from a place of just the world's, it doesn't make sense. From a guy that lived 2,000 years. Exactly. Ago. And so, it, it again, is just a testament to when you preach just the gospel and you walk away and people are saved yeah. and brought into the family of God, God gets the glory. Yeah. God gets the glory because you didn't really do and that much. You were just a vessel. Paul also says when he goes to a church in Corinth, I, okay, I need, I should, this is where I need the famous Bible verse or like a rapper guy. Yeah. But he's like, exactly. I didn't come to you with eloquent, eloquent words right. or yeah. wisdom. He didn't even speak probably from what we get at. Paul probably wasn't even a great probably speaker. Probably not. Yeah. It That's what we like get. Really but wasn't. lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Uh, empty. It's such a beautiful verse. Yeah. And I, ugh, dang it, I need to look that up. It's all right. First Corinthians 2 is the same yes. thing. You didn't receive the yes. spirit of this world and the wisdom of this world. You received the spirit of God that searches God. Again, and it's the spirit of God working in, in the hearts of people. Yeah, like, dude, First Corinthians 1 and 2. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things. Anyway, so let's just... It's a work of the spirit to take a natural person into a born again person. Exactly. And that's what's going to unify the church, bud, right there. Yep. Because we get so divided over another verse you could even quote. Uh, crap. We well, need we need the verse looker upper. Where's the Bible verse or looker upper <laughs> guy? Uh, it goes. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, typing, typing. <laughs> why did I just have a brain fart on it? Just wait, let me think. Uh, Oh, it's the end of 
one of Paul's letters, and he's talking basically about how don't get caught up in foolish controversies and genealogies or right. quarrels it's about Colossians. the law, for they are unprofitable. Yeah, Colossians. I think it's Colossians too. Maybe it is Colossians. Anyway, right. That's beside besides the point. It's all about Christ, Christ crucified, and that's why I'm hyped for you, circuit router boys. And you know, I don't have to agree with you perfectly on everything, but I can tell you right now, the gospel is being spread and the work of God is manifest. It's amazing what you guys. Yeah, do. So, totally. So basically, how it'll look is is we'll show up on a campus. We have a lot of connections that we're working with for months leading up to the events. We'll do uh, the event and then anyone that's interested in following up. So whether that's salvations or whether that, I mean, the tagline of circuit riders is save the lost, revive the saved, train them all, train them all. Yeah, I listen to your podcast. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. And then the next, you know, however long we're on the campus, the rest of it's dedicated to working with them and with the on-campus ministry together to bring them into training. So if it's a new believer, it's the simple training of what it looks like to live with Jesus and if it's believers, it's what does it look like to share the gospel? What does it yeah. look like to be activated as a Christian? Because there's so many Christians on campus that, that are living in just in complacency or in, in comfort. And so it's saying, what does it look like for you to actually represent Jesus here? And now, biblical so, Christianity is not comfortable, but it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not. And it doesn't have to be comfortable. And I think it's good that it's not. Right. And so if you look at Sergio Artists from the outside, yes, we're very well branded. We're a young movement. A lot of young people. A lot of crazies. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty attractive, but ultimately we, we understand um, we understand the, our, our, our audience. And same thing with Paul. He says, I've, I've become all things yes. to all people yep. in, in order to be able to have a door yeah. open for the gospel. Um, that's what it is. We've had, to be, we've had to make ourselves accessible to the college generation, to Gen Z, and for them to be able to understand things that actually are on their level. If you show up in a suit and tie, to a college campus and preach the gospel. I mean, not necessarily that there's anything wrong. Unless with you're like Billy Graham, you know? Like, I mean, you could. Okay, I'm not saying you couldn't. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit couldn't work through that. But what you're trying 100%. to do is, is a sense, become like them so that you can you can get on their level. You're trying to get on their level. Right. If yeah, your perception of Christianity is always church and religion and all that, what we want to do is we want to come in and say, no, we're just humans. Yeah. We're just we're humans perfect. that are living a different way and we have joy, yep. we have life, we have freedom, and we want to bring you into that. That's um, so yeah, that's what, that's basically what I do. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Hey man, we are, uh, coming up. Well, I'm just on 40 minutes or like 39 minutes. Is there anything else you want? I feel like we did a, a, a pretty good job of honestly going. We just did like a whole survey. We just did a survey of American missions. We did. We didn't even realize we were doing it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say yeah. like, it really starts simply with when it comes to missions. And this is really what my heart is, is you can't fake it. You can't fake a life dedicated to, to missions. It really has to start with a, a life transformed. And so um, that's the goal is, you know, if you've been transformed by Jesus and if you've experienced the power of God, if you've experienced um, in your life, you know, to bring you into to new creation, like if you've experienced that, that overflows. And so it doesn't have to look like circuit riders. Like for me, like I'd love to start a business someday. I'd yeah. love to, honestly, I'd love to work a job someday. Heck yeah. But what it looks like is, is that is daily faithfulness to represent Jesus to everyone around yeah. you. And it kind of does, once it really sinks in, once it's really rooted there, it will pour over. Yeah. It over overflows. Um, and so it doesn't have to be circuit riders. For me, it's not about circuit riders. Um, it's a great ministry. But, you know, if you take it away, like, still left with Jesus in the same, <laughs> the same great commission, yep. you know? And so it's really for everybody. It's the calling of every single follower of Jesus. That's so. awesome. Well, yeah. 
Well, I think, uh, Xavier, that is a great way to wrap up another episode of For the Rebels podcast. It's been great having you. It is. When are you coming back on? You got Well, I don't know. You don't have to. I you know, know I got a, about a month here in Lancaster. But, so. oh, wow, man. Busy man. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of For Thank the you. Rebels podcast. Keep rebelling against the culture and conforming to the image of Jesus Christ.